Welcome. You are listening to a sermon preached at Church at the Armory. If you like what you hear, share it. God bless you. Praise God. First of all, welcome to the relaunch and the 100th year anniversary of this local church. Let me give you a brief history, and as I'm talking about this, at the end of the service, if you want to go down this hall and around the back, there are, the whole hallway is lined with artifacts and just books and pictures from our last hundred years. There's a guest book that was started like 50 years ago or something like that that, we're, that you can sign in, and so there's all this stuff that if, you, if you're interested in that, you can look at. Also, there's hymnals with Second Baptist on it, and if Second Baptist is part of your history, we're asking you to, to take one of those home and just keep it as a kind of a keepsake. So, uh, first of all, this church began really as a Sunday school class in 1909. This is just a brief, brief, brief history. 1909 and grew to a, uh, a congregation of over 200 people. And so when you got a Sunday school class of 200 people, what do you do? You turn it into a, a church. And so in 1923, they officially organized the local church and it was called Second Baptist Church. Two things I want to say real quick is one, this pulpit, there's a, uh, where you at, Chad? Come up, up here, buddy. Come up here, real fast. Grab this and pick it up. Both sides, there you go. There's a note inside of here, this old note, it says this, this pulpit was given to Second Baptist Church by the First Baptist Church at the time they donated their uh, auditorium to us in 1923. It was used by the church until our present auditorium was built in 1958. Thanks, bub. So, I'm standing behind a 100-year-old pulpit, and I have a man by the name of Alexander McPherson, who was the first pastor in 1923. This is his Bible with, with his notes in it. And next Sunday, I'm going to talk about the notes because there's a cool story here. 1923. So here's what I want to say, just kind of as an aside here. I'm standing behind a 100-year-old pulpit with a 100-year-old Bible because even though things, lots of things change, the Word of God remains the same. A gentleman back in the 20s, he, he took his Model T and he transformed it into a truck, okay? And he went over to First Baptist and they had donated, as it said, a sanctuary and he took it apart piece by piece and began taking it to the south side of town and they reconstructed a sanctuary. I got a bad ring. Reconstructed a sanctuary in 1923 that uh, they met in for the next several years. And so uh, I just think it's kind of cool that you can take a Model T and move a building. Isn't that cool? And so um, in 1944, the church voted to relocate to Cone Street. And over the course of time, Cone Street Church was built and, uh, and housed Second Baptist Church and eventually Cross Life Church until the year 2023. And let me, just let me just take this time to tell this story real fast. We needed to sell that old building. And that old building was old and it had its it had its stuff okay we needed to sell it and um i remember we had a dinner here for the first time 
And, uh, and it started off as, let's just have a big fellowship. And then two weeks before the fellowship, I got a call from the Baptist convention and they said, did you know it was your 100th year anniversary? And I'm like, well, actually, now that you mentioned it, that is true. And so they sent us a certificate. It's right over there on the side. And so, um, and so I'm like, now we're having a birthday party, 100-year birthday party is our, is our first fellowship meal. It was, it was our service. And then uh, that was on a Sunday. On that Friday, I took my daughter to visit college at UAM. And on the way home, a man who's here tonight, Jason Reed, called and said, are you sitting down? And I'm like, well, I'm driving. He says, I just sold your church. And, and that dinner that turned into a birthday party turned into a celebration that God had sold the church and we bought the army and we're still debt free. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. And so here we are tonight. The church continues into the next hundred years. Meeting here at the old 8th Street Armory. Hence we are the church at the armory. There in that hundred year history is a gauntlet of mostly good, some bad, and a little bit of ugly. But through all the ups and downs, God has and continues to be faithful. And I want to say this, a few years doesn't get to define a hundred. Today as we gather, our number one purpose is to praise God for his faithfulness. To glorify the one who was, who is, and who is to come. To testify of what God has done, to celebrate what he is doing, and to look with expectant hope into the future at what he's going to do. In this room right now, you can look around and you can see people who were coming here decades ago. And you can see people who've been coming here only days ago. You can look around and think, who is that? Let me tell you who that is. That person you see is the known and the unknown. It's part of the DNA of this church. Their blood, their sweat, their tears, their time, their talent, their treasure. That person you see are givers of all the above. None greater, none lesser. Only people playing their part in their season in God's greater story. And for that, we are grateful. There does not exist in this room an enemy, only friends, and more importantly, family, brothers and sisters in Christ, the people of God. And in that spirit, I say, welcome home. For those of you returning to visit, thank you for coming. Thank you for cheering us on today and in the future. Thank you for your part in this church. It's still your church. For those of you who are current members of this body, thank you for being here on this historic day. Thank you for being here always. You are my hero. Thank you for this. Thank you for your part in this church, your church. And lastly, but most importantly, to King Jesus. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for cheering us on today and in the future, for being there always. You are the head, and we are grateful to be a part of the body. All glory and honor and praise belongs to you for this church, your church. So it's in that spirit I pray Paul's 
prayer from Ephesians chapter 3 out of this 100-year-old Bible. Starting in verse 14. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of Lord and our Lord Jesus Christ, whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that we would grant you, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by the power of his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, be able to be may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you being filled with all the fullness of God now unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we may ask or think according to the power that worked within us unto him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages world without end amen Amen. can you please give God a praise this, this afternoon come on can we just lift our hands for a second just give him the highest praise He's not just prominent tonight. He's preeminent. He's above everything. Jesus. Be enthroned in our praises tonight. From the youngest to the oldest, from generation to generation, we shall praise your mighty works from generation to generation. and we're going to go right back into worship. Chester has asked a couple of us to just speak and encourage the body. And um, uh, my name is Scott. I'm from Shreveport, Louisiana, but I love El Dorado, Arkansas. And there's just two things I want to impart to you tonight. The first is, uh, I just kept thinking about this man Shama standing in a bean field field, defending what seemingly was useless. The enemy didn't want it because it was valuable. The enemy just wanted to steal it, but it was valuable to the king. And that might be said of El Dorado. It's just a bean field. But I'm thankful that there are people who have stood the post in that bean field and said, it may not be important to you, but it's important to the king. I'm thankful for a Chester and a Missy Passmore who could have found another bean field somewhere and said, no, 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 no. This is important to the king. I'm thankful for a Pastor Larry who said, this is important to the king. We know that name Shama. It's not super gifted. It means being present. Just being present. Do you know that one child of God, being fully present in God's presence can change an atmosphere. And I would just say this, in John chapter 1, they ask John who he is. And they go through the list and he 
comes to the place where he says, I am but a voice crying in the midst of the wilderness. I want to encourage you tonight, you're not an echo of times past or generations past. You're not an echo of anyone else. We have an American church that sounds like an echo chamber, that sounds like the world more than it does the kingdom. There is a language in the kingdom of God, and it's not an echo of something. It is a voice. And when you hear that voice, it sounds different. John the Baptist's voice sounded so different that the religious left Jerusalem and went back out to the wilderness to hear his voice because it was so different. Never be an echo of this world or a church culture. You are called to be a voice. John, the first time when Jesus came, us as the children of God approaching the second coming of Jesus, we are the forerunners. We are not an echo. We are a voice crying in the midst of the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. So tonight, celebrating a hundred years of standing in a bean field. And we're standing in a bean field tonight. Just declaring that it may not be important to you, but it's important to the king. We're standing our ground. And we're not an echo of something else. We are a voice crying in the midst of the wilderness. So can we do that as they're about to approach us into another aspect of worship? Can we just lift our hands and be a voice right now? Come on, just lift your voice. Just lift your voice right now. Come on, let's just lift our voice. Let it roar tonight. Just lift your voice to the Lord.
while I was praying about being here and what I had to say, yeah, I felt like that there was one or two women that were going to be here tonight, either single mom or single lady, that it was a step of faith for you just to get here, that you're like, I can get there, but I don't know if I even got enough gas to get home. If that happens to be you, would after the service over, you see Pastor Cleegee because she has something to help you get home on, okay? All right? Now, I want to remind those ladies and all of you of every good thing that's in you in Christ Jesus. You think about that, and from that place of goodness, you worship, you pray, and you drink deeply. And listen to me. If you got a doubt, you go, well, I got something in there that ain't good. Well, it ain't you forever. Because all that other and that junk and that past and your history got nailed on a cross and it's done. And when Jesus got a hold of you and saved you, it's all good. Yeah, so acknowledge that good because that's all you're ever going to be for eternity. And I'm going to love that part of you now even if you're not behaving like it. Yeah, so let's worship him. And I bless you in Jesus' name. If you can be seated, I want you to be seated. How many of y'all feel the Holy Spirit in the house? Here you go, Dad. Gladstone and the word he brought and what I'm going to say today is just going to I believe empower in your heart and mind what he brought to us because what I have to say to you just for these few moments and it's not long is an ingredient from the past an ingredient from the present but it is a lot and the balance is about your future about this church's future going forward. The month was April. The year was 1989. Chester was eight years old. And the Lord was working in Sister Terry and I, serving in the church we were in, and it was time for the Lord to take us to our first full-time engagement, pastoring a church. I was working as a partner with my dad in logging business and I told him that April of 1989 I went to him and I said dad I said it's time for us we're going to leave Mountain View and we're going into ministry full time my dad that next week he spoke to me and he gave me all the reasons why that could be a bad idea and it might jeopardize the security of my future and I didn't understand that didn't understand it but it came to the place where I realized that his method was 
to get me to purify my vision that it was not between my dad and me but it was between me and God just a few years ago Chester was enduring some of the most difficult times of his entire life his heart was breaking the church had gone through some traumatic moments and I remember on a phone call one day I told him I said son there's a lot of good churches out there that are looking for someone who's got talent like you this may be the time that God says move was I wrong was I out of line you know what God did God purified his call that it was not between he and you but it was between he and God oh come somebody say praise the Lord this is where it's about your future about your future because no migration of people here or there or in or out is going to affect a call that is not between he and you but is between he and God hallelujah so what we do today as we take this body of the Lord this is a conversation and a covenant between you and God but it is also going to be a transitional moment that we as a people partake together of a covenant that is singularly between us and the Lord would you stand to your feet with me please across this house Father, I thank you for the body of the Lord. I know what you told us, Lord, that that same night you took bread and you broke it and you told them to eat it and to do it in remembrance of you. And today we want to stop and we want to say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can you just say that? Thank you, Lord, for this body that you have given us and you have made us into. And in Jesus' name, we bless what you have done. Let's partake of the bread together. praise him can you just praise him can you just praise him can you just praise him hallelujah amen you can be seated again I'm going back to uh, this hundred year old Bible by Mr. Alexander McAllister or something like that. I can't remember his last name uh, off the top of my head. Uh, this was the Bible of the first pastor, 1923 through 1925, of what was Second Baptist Church. Found it on Thursday. Miss Jackie found it on Thursday. I've been reading, he's got notes in here. I've been reading his notes and I've been 
looking at the underlying passages. Um, there was one day, a couple of days ago, a few days ago, that if okay, if, Glad, if Dr. Gladstone can confess to running out of the presence of the Lord, I can confess some weaknesses too, right? That's kind of supposed to be funny, but it wasn't funny. But, um, you know, I, there was a couple of people, if I'm being very, very vulnerable with you, I didn't want to call and invite because some of the pain was still there. And, uh, but I, I had to like, you know, and I, anyway, didn't want to. And I kept, their name was on my list and I kept putting that name off. And um, so I was driving, you know, a few, few days ago, I was driving and, uh, you know, my, my jam is the Beatitudes, right? And I was, God was giving me a download on meekness. And you'll hear about it about March. Anyway, uh, God gave me a download on meekness. And this, at the end of this download on meekness, this person's name can, and Holy Spirit said, call them. So I called them. They answered the phone. Yes, thank you so much. We'll be the first time I've talked to them, really. And uh, I tell that to say this. Um, I tell that to say this. I'm, I'm, I'm flipping through Mr. Alexander, Pastor Alexander's notes. 100-year-old, maybe 99, okay, your old notes. This was some of the foundational teaching in this church. The unity of the spirit. Not unity of camaraderie. Unity of the spirit. Exemplified in lowliness and meekness. I'm not telling you anything today. I'm re-preaching a hundred-year-old sermon. That this church shall be known, signified and purified in a blood covenant as a unified people in the spirit of Jesus, walking in the character of God in loneliness and meekness. Because that's not who we will be. It's who we said we were going to be on day one. And I'm just reaffirming what has already been said. Because it's not my idea. It was Jesus' plan all along. One body in Christ. Next, next sentence from a Baptist preacher, brother. I'm, I'm next sentence from a Baptist preacher. Not the word fruit. Gifts of the Spirit from a Baptist preacher a hundred years ago. Yes. 